0: Welcome to Garage Philosophy, I'm your host, Ian Coleman. The garage is both the everyman's classroom and a laboratory. Lessons are shared, ideas are put to the test, and curiosity is encouraged. Now, I'm not a PhD, but I am fascinated by philosophical concepts. My hope is by making philosophy understandable, you can learn how to do life better. So what is masculinity? The dictionary defines masculinity as qualities or attributes regarded as characteristic of men. Now, masculinity is not only displayed by males. Females can express masculine traits, and males can express feminine traits. However, on average, males exhibit masculinity, and females exhibit femininity. Now, you might be asking, what qualities and attributes are masculine? Some traits of masculinity are assertiveness, courage, decisiveness, discipline, and action-oriented. However, there are negative traits of masculinity, aggressive, boastful, egotistical, defiant, and violent. Think of Biff Tannen from Back to the Future. You know, that guy that says, hello, McFly, and then hits Marty on the back of the head. He is abusive, brash, a thief, and wholly self-absorbed. Some would call this toxic masculinity. In my opinion, this term is often misused in our society, which leads to a misunderstanding of why these traits are toxic. I think it's better to look at toxic masculinity as pseudo-masculinity. That's like somebody trying to play a part that they don't really know anything about. They don't know the lines, they don't know the character. They're trying to fulfill a false role which may have been taught to them in TV, movies, maybe some bad friends or an abusive father. I think that is essentially what toxic masculinity is. It's essentially the misuse of masculinity. The misuse of that masculine energy. So let's frame masculinity and femininity as archetypes. Carl Jung, a Swiss psychiatrist and contemporary of Freud, describes archetypes as universal, primal symbols and images which come from our collective unconscious. So what is the collective unconscious? It is the part of the unconscious mind which comes from ancestral memory and experience, and is common to all humankind. Think of when you look at a fire, the feelings of comfort, amazement, and maybe fear, as you stare at the dancing flames. All of us experience the emotions and feelings evoked by the image of fire. And that feeling, that knowledge, is passed down through the ancestors. I, I, I liken it something to, like, genetic memory. Like, it's in your DNA. Like, you, you look at a fire, and somehow, somewhere in your ancestry, the association of fire with good and warmth, and food. That is what's been passed down onto you. But it's also not inherited. It's also just kind of out there like an ocean that we can tap into every now and again. And that's kind of far out there, but some of Jung's ideas were kind of far out there. That is what Jung means by the collective unconscious. To understand archetypes better, Let's look at Plato's Theory of Forms. Imagine there is the perfect chair, on which all other chairs are based. The perfect chair does not exist here in our reality. No one can actually sit on it. But nevertheless, it is eternal and immutable. All physical chairs, which do exist and you can sit on them, are based on this timeless and unchangeable blueprint of what a chair could be. But all of us, and especially carpenters, are able to access the perfect blueprint of a chair. So, if the carpenter is good and capable, they're able to produce something similar, though not exact, to the perfect chair. Archetypes, according to Jung, are similar in that they are a blueprint which exists outside of our reality, but differ in that they are revealed to us again and again through myths, stories, symbols, and behavioral patterns such as rituals, and ceremonies. Harry A. Wilmer, M.D., in his book, Practical Young, describes the archetype as, quote, a tendency to form motifs. It is the lightning which draws our attention. Archetypes are not inherited images. They are forms to which our culture and life experience give substance, end quote. To get a better understanding of this, let's look at a metaphor from Jung. quote, Archetypes are like riverbeds, which dry up when the water deserts them, but which it can find again and again at any time. An archetype is like an old watercourse, along which the water of life has flowed for centuries, digging a deep channel for itself. The longer it has flowed in this channel, the more likely it is that sooner or later the water will return to its old bed." Now to go back to what Harry A. Wilmer said, about the forms to which our culture and life experience give substance. I believe that's something like an archetype. To relate that to Jung's metaphor, the mature masculine is, is a form to which our society gives substance. And it's brought up again and again and again through myths and stories like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. It's these motifs that, can, that we continue to see all around us if we just look. And now that's kind of getting into the world of Joseph Campbell and, and his book, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. All of the hero stories in the entire world across cultures are the same. And so I digress. But what I'm trying to get at is that archetypes, archetypes are these recurring themes, these embodiments these symbols that we as a society just just brings up again and again it's just the archetype is kind of like in the story of Jesus where Jesus is crucified on the cross to die for the sins of man I mean there's nothing that can compare to that that is the pinnacle of storytelling and so if any of that makes sense that to me is what an archetype is. Now I'm going to stop here before we get too much further into the weeds. But if you want to know more, then I highly recommend you read the work of Carl Jung and the books Practical Jung and Understandable Jung by Harry A. Wilmer. So, what is the mature masculine? Some would say that it's possessing both masculine and feminine energies. In my opinion, This is correct to a point because balancing these energies are important but this solution still misses the mark. In our society we are encouraging males to be more feminine and females to be more masculine which, generally, leads to a feeling of general discontent and restless anxiety in both genders. I would argue that the mature masculine can only be embodied by males. To feminize men makes them nice guys. Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette in King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, Rediscovering the Archetypes of the Mature Masculine, say that mature masculinity is essentially four archetypes. The King, the Warrior, the Magician, and the Lover. So in order for a man to be properly balanced, he must grow and at times embody all four of these archetypes. Brett McKay, founder of The Art of Manliness, has an amazing seven-part article covering this book and topic on his website, theartofmanliness.com. I would highly recommend you read it and more in Douglas's book. So what do these four archetypes mean? The king is like the ruler. The benevolent ruler is the king in his fullness the king at his most good. The warrior being something to fight for, but not unjustly using his power. The magician who uses magic, who puts on a performance, but doesn't fool people, that doesn't trick people. And the lover who is understanding and kind and generous and and doesn't take away from his partner. I think that's kind of a summary of these four archetypes and so what do these four archetypes mean how does toxic masculinity play into all of this how can one man be four different archetypes at once well i'll cover all this in part two of the mature masculine thank you guys so much for listening I put a lot of time and energy into this. Between my job, which is working, you know, I've got a physical job, which I am grateful. To. Before I begin this, I am grateful to have a job, especially in this time of COVID. And I'm working in the heat here in Idaho. It is blazing hot outside. It's in the hundreds every day. But this this means so much to me because I believe that this helps me as a man to understand this. And honestly, learning all this and teaching it to you, putting it in this podcast, has helped my understanding of it. I remember one of my mentors in life said to me that the best way to learn something is to teach it. And so, selfishly, I hope that I learn this by teaching you, and I hope unselfishly that you will learn by me teaching you. Basically, what I'm trying to get at is that we all understand this because I believe when we all understand this, we, and I mean we as in men, can work to embody the mature masculine.